Stefan and Vanessa for uh, the invitation to be with you again and to be part of your fellowship and church and what God's doing here in Wellington. Amen. But um, before I start in the Word, I, I just really want to, um, you know, just encourage you. I just sense that, um, you know, sometimes in the worship there's a, a shift in what God's saying to us and you know, revealing his heart to us. So I felt this morning there were two areas in the heart business that God was speaking about. One was someone struggling with a heart issue, with a heart uh, affliction that needs to be healed today. And uh, is there anyone that's struggling with their heart that they really need a, a touch of the Lord to um, strengthen the heart? Palpitations and things that are racing heart that is, needs to, you know, feel you need the healing touch of our almighty God upon you. Well, I'll continue. Please don't be shy to respond. Um, I really sense that, you know, in this heart thing that God was showing me, that he wants to refresh hearts this morning. Touch hearts with a, you know, just to open up the flow of the Spirit in your heart where you've been through some challenges and God's speaking to your heart to be fully committed to him, to be surrendered to the spirit of the Lord because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And God is challenging our hearts today to be surrendered to the spirit of the Lord. So when God starts leading you and I, he leads us from the heart. The enemy tries to mess with your head but God comes and he works in our heart. You know, give me your heart. You know, and it's in that giving that we become led by the Spirit and things start opening up in our hearts because we hear the, the voice of the Lord. You know, it's the, um, the understanding of our hearts in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened. So I believe God is in the heart business and uh, if that's you, you know, just let's just respond over this time to what God is doing. Because as the Spirit comes upon us, our hearts get ignited for God. And there becomes a zeal that starts burning within the heart. And I believe God is saying that to the church today. That I want to release a zeal upon you. You know, the zeal land that we live in, there speaks about the zealousness for God. You know, pursue the Lord with, uh, you know, a zealous heart. Scripture keeps encouraging us in that. So this morning, I'm really going to be talking to you about how we walk with God with a zeal of the Lord burning within our hearts. And there's something about the way, you know, when we go through difficult challenges, as we've been this year, has been an upside down year. God brings us out of that stronger in him because we're walking with him. So I want to say to you, during this worship time, I felt the Lord speak to me about his banqueting table for you as a house to come and partake of what he's laid. He said, I'll lay a table before you in the midst of your enemies, a banqueting table. And it was like the songs were, were lifting us up to see the abundance of God for each one that's here this morning, an abundance for the... Victory Christian Center. Amen. Amen. That God wants to bring an abundance of His goodness 
His kindness to you. So I'm speaking to you about, you know, a prophetic abundance that is available for you. That God is talking to you about this morning. And, you know, it comes out of that Isaiah 60, arise. You see, we've got to arise into the promises of God. That word is prophetic. Arise, shine, for your light has come, present, future. God's awakening us to an abundance of what he has for us. I want to meet with you. I want to, you know, have a banquet with you. Now, Lord, not just a few sandwiches here and there. No, no, the Lord wants to give us more than what we've experienced in the past. Amen? You know, God's not stingy. He wants to help us see the abundance of his life. He's giving to you and I. And this is the season of receiving from God. Come on, we want to take... Your cup runs over means that there's more than enough for you and for those that God's sending you to. He's not, you know, holding back on his gifting. He's not holding back on what he has for you and I. In our ministry work with him, our call to the nations, our call to the city, you are here because God has planted you here. Amen. So there's something more flowing out of you. So I want to, you know, today try and stir up a bit more of what God is doing. So, amen. amen. So we're going to get around you a bit closer in a, in a moment uh, and just try and stir up what God has placed on the church, placed on our lives. We are the church. The building is our place of residence, but the place of stirring comes out of the heart in God. Amen. So God's looking for some you know, a bride, some folks that are going to walk with him in this abundance that he's promised us. So my, you know, encouragement today with you is that God is a God that encourages us to have an intimate relationship with him. And in that, out of that intimacy, God draws us to himself. And I want you to be alert and aware of the drawing of the Lord. He's drawing the church the bride of Christ, into a place where the bridegroom is imparting to us greater things for our lives, a greater awakening. Right in the beginning in Genesis 3, 8, it says that God walked in the garden and Adam and Eve had that relationship that they walked with God in the garden. There's something about my relationship with God that's got a lot to do with walking with him. And I want to encourage you today that your time of walking with God is a very crucial time where God is drawing you to himself. It's the enjoyment uh, of that intimate relationship that God is saying to his church. I'm bringing you into a new place, a fresh place of relationship, mutual delight, shared dominion, companionship, dialogue. Joint decision-making. That's the promise that God gives us. But often we think we're on this journey alone without his guidance. No, no, God is guiding us into the promise that he gives us in his word. So my walk with God on a regular basis strengthens my relationship with him, and I learn to understand that God wants to walk with me 
day by day, moment by moment. So I want to share this, um, one of my favorite scriptures that I've prayed throughout the COVID time is out of Psalm 91. You know that it mentions pestilence three times in that, in that psalm, that God will protect us. And many of us can testify to that protection. But it says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What a powerful statement that God uses in that. You see, to dwell really means to have permanent residence with the Lord. You're not a lodger. You're not renting a place. You're a permanent relationship with God. And God's reminding us this morning about that. You see, the shadow, we rest under the shadow of the Almighty. When the sun is blaring, we want some, and the heat is on, we look for a place where there's a shadow of protection of the Lord. The shadow speaks about when the heat's on, we need to find Almighty God. And many of us have been in the heat of the battle, but the Lord promises us to dwell in that secret place, in the shadow of the Almighty. And I want to encourage you to find that place with the Lord today. Because there's no greater peace for you and I, whether we half asleep or half awake in the early hours of the morning. God wants you and I to find that place of intimate relationship. So I love what it says in Psalm 16, verse 7. It says, praise the Lord in the, sea, in the night seasons. The Lord will counsel you and counsel me. So look for that counsel of the Lord out of Psalm, you know, the, the Psalm, psalmist speaks about that time of God counseling you. So when you go to bed at night, it's not always just to, to sleep. It's a time of, you know, relationship with God. You know, I've learned something over this COVID time that in the fourth night, fourth watch of the night, God comes and speaks to me. You see, when the disciples were on the boat and the storm was raging, Jesus came to them in the fourth night of the fourth watch of the night. And that's, you know, between three o'clock and six o'clock in the morning. A good time to wake up and pray. A good time to talk to your father. And that's the relationship that we have because he stirs us up. Amen. He awakens us to the goodness of his, of his pleasure. So I'm, I'm always, you know, I, I want to encourage you, grow big ears so you can hear the voice of the Lord. You see, out of stillness and quietness comes a, a beautiful whisper in the Lord. So God wants to make, make us as the bride very sensitive to the whisper of the voice of the Lord. Come on, there's a stirring taking place in us, a drawing, a drawing of the Lord. And we've got to notice that. Why? Because then we can respond to the nudge of the Spirit in our lives. And when we walk with God, He reveals His heart to us. And then we open our heart and we say, Lord, now I'm going to commune with you out of the very depth of my love for you. So when God draws you, he reveals his love, and then we've got to respond by revealing our love. You know, God doesn't show us something about his character, um, you know, like he does with love, without us being free to give our love back to God. It's, it's this relationship that God is calling the church to in a different way. It changes our lives. It, a deepness, a deepening friendship that comes. 
See, Jesus often encouraged us to walk in the Spirit. Why? Because when you walk in the Spirit, He brings to remembrance all the things that He has said to us through worship, through the Word, through you know, time of prayer. He says, now remember what I have done. That's why when we break bread, he goes back and he says, remember my covenant with you. And a lot of our songs, especially that blessing song, reminds us that we have a covenant with God and God is stirring up his you know, relationship awareness to you and I. So this walk that I'm talking about is for everyday activity. It's not just occasionally, Lord will go for a walk once a year. No, no, God wants to walk on a daily basis with him. Amen. A deeper level of understanding that God is, you know, with us. We delight in him, and then we find he gives us the desires of our heart. Come on. So there's something about delight and desire that God is connecting us to in a greater way. We delight in worship. We delight in doing what he calls us to do. And then suddenly we find there's a desire burning within us. You see, I've learned something that God's desire out of obedience is what he says to the church. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. Very powerful, but a very, you know, a very unique invitation. You see, obedience and love work together. And God is drawing us. The love language of God is obedience. And he's calling his church, no matter what the odds are out there against us, he's calling us to press through. And as we press through, we'll see victory. Amen. We will see victory. God is promising that to us more and more. David's priority was, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. See, there's something about dwelling with God and in his house and with his people. And God keeps reminding his church, come on, let's go into that place. The beauty of the Lord is found as we inquire of him in his temple. So from the time we've been here this morning, we've been inquiring of the Lord. Lord, what is it that you would have us say and do? So when you go from this place, you have a plan for the week. Why? Because God is with you. He's opening up something for us all to walk into. Amen. So I believe that fellowship and relationship with God comes out of dialogue. So when we pray and we look upward to God, God reveals his heart with an unveiling of his you know, heart of the, as a father to us. Why? Because he says, I promise you fruitfulness in your life. And we all want to be fruitful. We have a desire to go after God in the fruit of, of the Spirit. That's why he says, I don't call you servants any longer. No, no, he says, I called you as friends because you did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, John 15, 15 and John 15, 16 speaks about that relationship of friendship. So I'm saying when we walk together in Amos 3, it says, unless we walk together, you know, we can't have that fellowship together. So when we walk together, we're in agreement with God. So if I'm walking with the Lord and I'm sharing my heart with God, God does the same back to me. He shares his heart to me and I do what I do. So Linda and I have been 
in New Zealand 24 years now, going on 25, and 15 of these last years have been full-time ministry travel around the nations. And when in the early part of us coming to you know, New Zealand, the Lord said to us, leave your country, leave your father's house. You know, I will show you a place to go. Let me say to you, sometimes in God's revealing of his purpose, he first looks for our obedience to go, and then he shows us the bigger picture. But he's looking for us to take a step into that, into the Jordan, so that the waters will part, so we can go across. So your first step of obedience is what God's calling some of you to today. Just follow me, and then I will show you a way to go that will be unique for you. That's his promise because we are in friendship with him. Amen. We're walking with him together in this road. So sometimes we are guided by things that eyes not seen, ears not heard, but we know that the love of God reveals his purpose. So I keep on seeking the Lord because I know that out of faith, I'm stepping into something different and something new in my life. And I want to encourage you in that. You see, in Micah 6 verse 8, it asks this, um, this question. You know, when God you know, speaks to Micah and he kind of has this time, he says, uh, you know, reveal to me what is it, O God, that you would show us as a mortal man? What is it that the Lord would require of you, O mortal man? What an interesting question. And it says three things. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Three things that God requires of his people. That's why we, when we vote, we vote for justice. When we work with people, we show mercy. Why? Because we're walking humbly with our God. God has drawn us to that place. You see, justice and mercy is part of our call. Justice is equity with all people. The word mercy is a word called chizda. Interesting word. It says, speaks about steadfast love. God's called you and I to have steadfast love for our neighbors, for our unsaved brothers. Have mercy upon them. Lord, we cry out for mercy. You see, when revival breaks out, one of the things we see is the mercy of God. And so God is saying, I want to teach you also to walk humbly with me. The three things that God speaks about, you know, your outward, um, the outward call. There's like a rhetorical question that Micah asks us, and he speaks about attitude. And that's your outward thrust is to do justice. Your inward requirement is to show mercy your upward thrust is to walk humbly with your God and no matter where we go with God he keeps reminding us to have humble hearts you know why because out of humility God can connect with our hearts there's no pride that you know pride will stop the voice the stop the relationship that we have with God and God's saying, I want to show you some how to walk humbly with your God. And it's a beautiful thing because we then connect with someone that knows more than us. How about that? That he knows, you know, the beginning from the end. He's our father that loves us. That's why if you look at the fivefold ministry, you look at the ring finger, which speaks about the shepherd. The ring speaks about the everlasting love of the Father. 
He said, I'm the beginning and the end. The ring has no beginning and no end. And that's what Jesus' love is about. And he shows us his love and he keeps pouring it out. That's why the role of the shepherd in the church is to keep us safe. Keep us in that relationship with the Father. Amen. So we walk with him in a humble way. And when the disciples wanted a position of authority in a position, they said, Lord, who will sit at your right hand? Who will sit at your left hand? What an interesting question. Not much has changed today. <laughs> in, verse, in verse 3, it says, But assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What was God saying to his disciples and to us? Saying, unless you become childlike and believe me and believe my word, you're going to miss something. And then it goes on in verse 4. Whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There we are. What a powerful scripture. Jesus was having a serious moment with his disciples. He was saying, unless you humble yourself, great things will elude you. So God's calling us to that place because as we, you know, when we can't stand any longer, we go down on our knees and we look up. That's what brings us through into victory in God. Amen. Now God's working with us. He's teaching us these things. So one of my favorite stories in the Bible is about the men that are walking on the Emmaus Road. They're going for a walk and they're talking and they're sharing their hearts together you know, about all the things that had happened in Jerusalem with Jesus of Nazareth. And they're having a good conversation. Jesus joins them on that journey. When you look at Luke 24, it speaks about them, you know, sharing their hearts. And I love that about the Lord because he comes to us at unusual times. And they walk in, they don't recognize this is Jesus with them on the journey. Like many of us, we're going through a journey and we don't, quite see that the Lord is actually carrying us through the journey. There's only one set of footsteps on of footprints on the sand because he's taking us through some difficult times. But he's walking with us. And they talk and they say, Are you the only stranger that doesn't know what has happened in Jerusalem about Jesus of Nazareth? And here he's walking with them. But it's interesting in Mark 16, 12, it gives a different description. And I want you to see something here. It says, after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. So I, I pondered that and I thought he appeared means that he lay bare. He revealed and uncovered himself. He made himself visible. And it says he came in another form. And the word form is a word called heteros. It means there was a genetic distinction, another kind of appearance in Jesus walking with them. And I want to say to you today, the body of Christ has entered a different season of walking with God. We're going to see him appear in a different form. We're going to see relationships with him formed in unusual ways. Because he's revealing his heart. If you look at, you know, in many of the, the nations of the world, God is appearing in vision form. And people are coming to the Lord in great numbers. Because God is unveiling his presence. People are getting healed. People are getting 
you know, to know their Savior through dreams and visions. The redeeming love of the Father has been released into society. He's appearing in a different form. But I want to encourage you that look for those moments with God as you go in your walk with Him, seeking His face. Um, I, I love to do that. And, and when God speaks to me, I come away with a revelation that I didn't have before I started my walk. Amen. So record them. Keep a note of what God's saying to you through your times in the Bible, you know, through your times of walking with Him. And I want to talk to you about a, another man that um, I've often studied his walk with God. And the Bible talks about him as Enoch. It says Enoch walked with God for 300 years and then God took him. What an interesting statement. To me, um, you know, it challenged me. Could I walk with God for, for 40 years, for 50 years? You know, he walked for 300 years. There must have been something unique about him that God so loved his walk with him that he took him up. He took him away with him and said, come on, come and have fellowship up here in heaven. You know, your fellowship down here is just, you know, you're missing something, Enoch. (laughs) Maybe we're missing something too, but God's saying, I want to draw you to myself. So if you look at Genesis 5 and you look at Hebrews 11, it speaks about Enoch as being a man of faith. Very interesting statement, but it says he He lived for 365 years. After 65 years, his son Methuselah was born. And Methuselah was the oldest living man in the Bible. 969 years that he lived. Interesting um, statistics. But his name Methuselah means a man shot forth. And when Methuselah died, that's when the flood came. And we know that Noah was Enoch's great-grandson. Isn't that amazing? Family line, thousands, generations. That's what I'm believing God for, that my generation, my children and my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren will serve the Lord. Amen. And that's, that's our prayer for the nation, that godliness will rise up because we believe for the next generation. But Enoch, it says some interesting things about him, and I just want to share with you one of the, the, the keys that, uh, that I kind of believe was part of his life, a lesson for you and I in what the New Testament believer should be looking for. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, 5 says this, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I said, Lord, there's something in this for me. I've got to have faith as Enoch had faith. But he had a testimony that pleased God. You see, we can love God and we know God loves us. But do we have a testimony that pleases him in what we do? And I want to encourage us, look for that relationship that will please the Lord. And it comes back to obedience, comes back to the love of God. And what we do, we do by faith in him. Amen. God's calling the church to do things in faith that we've never done before. To walk you know, on that water, to get out of the boat and be, some, be the water walkers that he's called us to be. You know, when Jesus said this 
about the centurion. And, this, you know, when the centurion said, Lord, only but send your word and my servant will be healed. You see, I believe God's calling us to be word-based, to be prophesying his word, to speak his word. It's, you know, and it says Jesus marveled at that, at that centurion. And he only says that twice in Scripture. When Jesus says, I'm, you know, your faith has made him well. He said, you know, my word has gone forth. And I want to say this to you today. Have faith when you pray. Declare the faithfulness of God over your life. Speak the word of the Lord. It will not return void. It shall accomplish the very things God set it out to do. So part of our ministry of words is what God anoints and gives us the power to speak his word, believing for breakthrough. The, the next level in God is coming through what we say about ourselves, what we say about God, what we prophesy about our futures in the Lord. Amen. It's very powerful. And we mustn't miss this opportunity. So have a testimony that pleases God in what you do. And then in verse 6 it goes on and it encourages us this way. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. There we are. It reminds us that we need to walk in faith in God. The church needs to. For he who, who, who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is what? God Almighty, the great I Am, the, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. That's who we're dealing with, Almighty God. We are the privileged body that can connect with uh, the creator of the universe. What an amazing opportunity for you and I to do that on a day-to-day -day basis and then it goes on for he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him so there's a challenge for you and I let's be diligent in our seeking of the Lord that's not just once a week no no that's on a daily basis God my priority is you first I seek you with all my heart amen I go after you because I know that there's good things coming through my opportunity to know you. God, you are my Lord. Amen. So I'm not going to, you know, talk too much more this morning. But I'm going to just say this to you. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And it says this about Noah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generation, Noah walked with God. What a, an encouragement to you, to me. Noah walked with God. So I, you know, I give you that invitation. Find some walking time with God. Amen. Develop that relationship with the Lord, and he will surprise you in what he does. So I want to give you a little bit of homework so I have some time for ministry. You can take your, this bit of homework and just have a look at Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5. And Paul also uses the um, metaphor um, to walk with God. In Ephesians 4, he says, walk worthy of the calling. 
You and I are called to walk worthy of the call that has come to us. You are my friend. So walk worthy. Then he speaks about walking in unity. Don't you think that's a powerful thing? If we want to see the blessing of God, let's walk in unity. That's why in prayers and in intercession and warfare, we are in unity before the face of God. Something happens. God releases his power and his authority over the church because we are in agreement. We are in a place of one accord. It's, by, it's not a chance by chance that scripture says when the church were praying in preparation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it says they were in a place of one accord, seeking the Lord. And that's what we are. As we come together in the prayer time this morning, there was a time of being in one accord with God. What a powerful moment in God. God hears the cry of his people. And then number two, Paul says, walk in love. Ephesians 5, you can read that. Walk in love. Look for opportunity to share the love of God wherever you walk. And then he says, walk in the light. So my earlier prophetic word to you was, arise, shine, for your light has come, present, future. <coughs> Amen. Isaiah 60. So your light shines out of you because you represent the one that shines upon you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So be out there. Why? Because great darkness has covered the face of the earth. And he says, my light has risen upon you. What a privilege. Amen. Enjoy the light of the Lord. And then it says, walk in wisdom. God, we need some wisdom today. If we need anything, we need wisdom. Amen. So God, we pray for wisdom today that if we don't have, we, we don't receive if we don't ask. James 1.5 says, if you don't have wisdom, ask for it. So do a bit of homework around that walk. And when God reveals his heart to you in walking, then walk with him. Amen. Uh, just walk with that knowledge that he's revealing himself to you. And, and I believe Paul uses the metaphor of walking because it's something that we all do in our life. To, you know, and you can do it more often when you get the Lord on your side, encouraging you to go out and do your prayer walk. Pray for your city. Pray for your nation. Pray for your church. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for revival in the nation. Amen. That's what we're going after. All these things can happen, but let's go after the reviving knowledge of God. God, revive us again. We sang about it earlier, so I want to say to you, let's step into that river of awakening that God is bringing us into today in a wonderful way. So I'd like to just... Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.